0: The Spanish Announce Table.
1: It is episode 412. We are Tim and Tom of the Spanish Announce Table. We are coming in hot, off the chain like Britney Griner. Tom, how the hell are things, man? We got a lot of pro wrestling to talk about. And we're already enjoying ourselves. We hope you enjoy yourselves along the ride with us.
0: All right, so if you take anything away from this episode, the question I want you to ask is brian one or two syllables because no one says brian 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 is it that brian so that's the only thing i want you to take this episode
1: yeah debate amongst yourselves put it in the chat on the youtube live during the stream or hit us up twitter later with hashtag tweet the table is brian one syllable or twos and be honest with yourself say it out loud brian and you tell me it's two syllables hit me up in the chat <laughs> let's oh let's have a chat God. and let's also have a chat about pro wrestling right we want to talk about pro wrestling we want to talk about the television that we see on our screens most specifically tom and i we like to talk about AEW dynamite right uh because wwe is boring by and large there's exceptions to every rule but wwe is boring in our minds. so we heavily 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 focus on AEW dynamite because it feels more fun and why it feels more fun is because of the stories we're seeing on the TV. Why do I keep saying that? It's because we have to make a proclamation. Uh we're we're heading into 2023 Tim? coming up. Yeah.
0: Yep. Tim, we are ending 2022. We are mm-hmm. going into 2023. With 2023 comes new goals, new challenges, new milestones to reach. And we cannot do that if we do not have a solid foundation. And with that solid foundation going into the year 2023 comes a proclamation tim you are more articulate than me so i will hand over the reins to you the proclamation of the spanish (laughs) announce table yeah
1: and in true bobby heenan school of journalism fashion i didn't pre-write anything so i should have come up with like a fancy you know undo the scrolls but here's the gist of it we're here to talk about the pro wrestling storylines and how we see them on tv and where we think they might go we might offer some suggestions on what the storyline should be. We might come up with some fantasy bookings here and now, but what we do not really care to talk about with you guys here, of course, you're free to chat uh, amongst each other on the YouTube chats on the Twitter with hashtag tweet the table, follow us at table show as for as long as Twitter still exists, but we don't want to talk about uh, somebody's contract is up and they're leaving to go to this company or that company. Now, The biggest news of such, we're going to break that rule so we can set up why, right? Why we're talking about this rule now, is the William Regal saga that has unfolded on the IWC. William Regal gets cocked in the back of the head, kayfabe storyline by MJF, and immediately, as Tom was very upset about last week, everybody wanted to say, see, see, this is him going back. Triple H is won again. He struck gold. And of course... Nobody knows what the fuck they're talking about, right? Nobody knows what the fuck they're talking about. You and I talked about this offhand. I said, it could just be as simple as he was like, hey, listen, I'd really like to go back or I'd like to get out of this contract, you know, for whatever reason. Can we not pick it up at what, you know, whenever it was supposed to end? Like I said, it could have been a rolling contract. And they were like, yeah, sure. That's reasonable. Fine. And Tony Khan comes out and addresses the situation. And guess what? It was exactly fucking that. He had a short-term rollover contract, right? It was like a year at a time. And he said, hey, can we not pick up the next year? My son's over here. I'd really like to be close to my son. And Tony's like, yeah, do us a solid. Don't be on TV for a year to sell this angle. And everybody's happy. People are forgetting, like, this is just a place of work for some of these guys, right? Like, this isn't like, they're not like, I'm a Triple H guy till I die, right? Like, grow the fuck up, guys. Like, this isn't how they're approaching their jobs. This isn't certainly how we're approaching watching our entertainment. So... We have two major companies that can pay any, pluck any talent out of either company. They can both afford to pay them, right? That We haven't had that in a long time. So there's going to be a lot of this. There's going to be back and forth. And I bet you 99% of the decisions made on who goes where to what company is just going to be based on whatever benefits them and their loved ones the best, more often than not financially or stress level wise, right? So can we not talk about that shit? We don't have time to bring up. Fucking Johnny Gargano's contract is up in in March. I'm making this up. Is he going to AEW? And, and like, I, I don't give a shit, right? Like, like, sure, we can mention, like, when we know. Like, we've got sources saying Johnny Gargano has signed a contract with AEW in this example. Then we, you know, I, I don't feel bad about us talking like, well, hey, that'll be interesting. Maybe we'll get some angles and storylines. How would you book it? But this whole idea of who's stabbing who in the back and, and Triple H is. Guys, knock it the fuck off, right? Grow up, let's watch some wrestling and talk about what we've seen and what maybe they did well or didn't do well. Is that too hard? Is that difficult?
0: The the part of the business that I think we're interested in, and we have been victims of this in the past, and that's why Mm -hmm. the proclamation is starting now moving forward. But the part of the business that we will mention is official news, right? So if WWE puts out a press release that says, talent a has been released we can say well that affects a storyline on smackdown and that's what we'll talk about or if aw has a graphic and it says person b is now all elite we'll say wow they're debuting in the company what will that look like who will they interact with and vice versa same thing those are the things that are official what we will not do is uh Go into this rumor. Uh, what's the fucking famous thing that the 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 Conrad says? Uh, rumor and into window. We don't do that. Yes. It's like right. Yeah. We're not into that. We're not into ratings because again, I went on my long rant. Side note: I'm trying to be a little bit more happier because I got a lot of feedback that was uh, oh, really angry. And guess what? <laughs> I was because it was stupid. But this week, I'm just going to tell you, we want to talk Look about Tom's stories. Smile. Did you see how hard I was laughing when we started this? Yes, Brian. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. Brian. Brian. yeah, Brian. One
0: uh, and a half syllables. Brian, Brian tell me. <laughs> yeah. Tell me how do you say it. But uh,
1: your name is one yeah, and one quarter syllables long.
0: Right. Yeah. So we just want to talk about what we see on Correct. the television. With that being said, that is our proclamation. Now we are moving forward on our new journey in Table Nation. And that will start with last night's AEW Dynamite Recap. So, Tim, last night we were in the state of Texas, which is fine, and it kicked off with a Dynamite Diamond Ring Battle Royal. What would you think of this?
1: I love the Dynamite Battle Royal, and I, uh, right before I jump into that, I want to mention in the YouTube chat, somebody agrees with our proclamation, it seems. Uh, Testosterone, that's a great username, says, Too much Markism these days, thanks to guys like Sean Ross Sapp. J.D. Fromney is that what it with it? Yep. Fromney and Uncle no, Dave J.D. Meltzer. I've oh, from New York. J.D. from uh, New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen Sorry, my old and man we, eyes couldn't see think, the screen.
0: <laughs> well, and you guys think that I'm angry? Go check out six minutes of his. I think like I'm one of the more angrier people you'll ever meet. Grumpy, all of that. Uh, but he can give me a run for my money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he yeah, gives no, me right. a run for my money. Credit to him for being an ass. Let's asshole. get a, like a podium uh, showdown.
1: <laughs> Remember the uh, game that we, we used to play, like, what can't Tom complain about? Let's, let's oh, I can get do a anything. breakdown with
0: this can guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll go with you, JD. Well, topic for topic. Let's see who you can be yeah. angrier. Hey, but <laughs> last night uh, did start off with the Dynamite Diamond Ring Battle Royal. Yes, yes. Uh, and we had a lot of fun stuff here. And so I'll just touch on a little bit and then get your feedback. But then let's get to the finish. Because, again, with the Royal Battle oh. Royal, we could go, hours on it right so correct me if i'm wrong here
1: did we did i even miss this last week like the the dynamite battle like you win the dynamite diamond ring battle royal rolls right off the tongue and you don't you're not the dynamite diamond ring holder yet you've got to face the previous
0: year's winner to take it from them well here's the thing right so is that what inaugural... i'm trying to understand now well but here's the thing that we don't mm-hmm. know so the only person to win this is mjf so the first year no you can't take on the previous year's winner because you're first but then he wanted a second year so he can't take on himself and then he wanted a third year so he can't take so possibly that maybe is a Stipulation, but if you keep, I don't hate that thing... idea.
1: That's a cool idea, albeit like because then you can get a run of somebody who's just got to win one match, and then you're kind of like, You're not the fucking dynamite, diamond, you know, whatever, right? Kind of like this hey, exactly. be the man, you got to beat the man, but yes, all right. So the dynamite diamond battle was great, right? The everybody's all over the place. You've got Darby Allen getting uh chucked around, well, no, he's not you in got, this, he's
0: not in oh, this. Oh, that's
1: later, that's later, right? That's the yeah. uh, yeah. that's the match. Um, but you've got Dalton Castle is in this thing. And you've got, I mean, just Brian Cage, right? So he's a monster. Um, And just, I mean, you know, Battle Royals, it's hard to screw up, right? You get some fun spots, but we knew where this was going, right? We knew this whole time was set up for little Ricky, right?
0: Well, possibly, because it finishes with uh, the three people, which is uh, Matt Hardy, who works for Mm -hmm. the firm, and they were represented by Ethan Page. And then the baby face in that was Ricky Starks. I could have believed again, because even though the firm are heels and MJF is a heel, the firm and MJF don't like each other anymore. Right? So I could easily see at a future date. So winter is coming as next week. You could have done MJF takes on Ricky Starks and then the dynamite diamond ring winner, Ethan page, Fights MJF for that and then says, I got your ring. Now I'm going for your title. I could have easily seen kind of a a blend of heel heel kind of stuff with MJF and the firm. That's all to say, yes. I think if you're betting man and you don't want to lose your money, you put it on Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks won this match. It was very good. It was fun. I think to your point, the Dalton Castle moment where he kept on getting hit off and saved by the boys and getting hit off and saved by the boys. I thought that was the spot of the night.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Um, And that's, you know, that's the fun point of a battle royal often is you get these little moments of glimpses kind of where these storylines cross. There's blending. Uh, And if we're going to get a Dalton Castle, it's going to be good. So, I mean, I I didn't hate it. I just I kind of was half paying attention, to be honest, because I knew like Ricky Starks is
0: taking well. well, yeah, the, the finish was fine. But I thought some of the things that came from the fallout of this was interesting. One in particular is Jungle Boy was choke slammed through the fucking earth by Morrissey. So I'm <laughs> yep. interested now to see if Morrissey, or excuse me, if Jungle Boy and Morrissey and the firm kind of go and off fine. into their own little thing.
1: And fine, I just feel like that would just be running back the Jungle Boy storyline we just did, right? If we've got... Small guy, Stokely without Hathaway the friendship. is leading, is without the friendship part, right? It's He's got to overcome yeah. the monster, but Stokely Hathaway is the guy who's really pissed him off. And so, yeah, but I, it just, I would probably be like, all right, well, that's the opening match, right? Like, that's.
0: Possibly, yeah, yeah definitely. Right. So, let's get to it. Yeah, Ricky Starks wins. Before his music can even hit, MJF walks out. Which is great, right?
1: Like. You yes. win a thing, and then the guy who's your, like, arch nemesis, his music plays. And you're just like, this motherfucker, right? Like, I like that touch. That was good.
0: Yeah, so he comes out. And before he even addresses Ricky Starks, he foreshadows. And he brings up Brian Danielson and talks about, like, ah, sucks to, to be you. And sitting there uh, next to the hospital bed of old uh, Billy Regal over there sucks to be you. Now ricky starks so i thought that was interesting that before we even got to ricky we still got brian danielson on the brain again i think that's foreshadowing but we shall see so here's the thing where mjf will always hit a solid home run if not a grand slam and he cuts right into ricky starks calling him a dollar store version of the rock he even gets in i think they're in san antonio right which is his adopted hometown. Cause apparently he wrestled in that area and became a big star. Right. Uh, locally. But he even got that crowd st- to start chanting the pebble at Ricky Starks. Mm-hmm. There's something to be said that even when you're the biggest heel and you go into that person's hometown, when they chant the bad thing at the baby face, you're pretty fucking good. Now this is right. a a smarky crowd as they say, right? They're ooh, they're in on it too. But still, I thought back it was and impressive forth
1: pretty easily, but it was. Right. It was very impressive.
0: So I thought it was pretty impressive that he could get the pebble chant for Ricky Starks. Now, Yeah. Ricky Starks to his credit never lets it look like it gets to him. He kind of just smirks and stares off into the crowd while all the insults are just hitting him in the face. Then he gives him a good old shoulder check and gets on the mic. And Tim, this is probably I'm not that familiar with anything Ricky Starks has done before a W just complete transparency. I know he was in NWA MJF mentioned it, that he's going to send him back there, but I don't know his promo ability as far as like where he ranks amongst the greats of right now. However, that has to be top five and it's not, two, three, four, or five of his best promos, and that yeah. was an AEW all-timer. What did you think? Yeah, uh,
1: I agree with you. So, again, I thought all the same things. MJF comes out, he's foreshadowing to Brian Danielson, and I, I don't think, even, even as we discussed this greatest promo Ricky Starks might have ever cut, I still don't feel like people are like, Ricky Starks has has a shot at winning this title right now. Um, So the Brian Danielson thing, MJF is the master of setting up the next thing so we can run that footage when we're selling this thing. However, uh, the good storyline to tell there is he's looking past Ricky Starks and oops, now Ricky Starks gets one over and he's the champ, but that would really throw so many things off and I just doubt they're going that way. But Ricky Starks took this moment and this opportunity to elevate himself to a level that I didn't think we would we would place him at otherwise and yeah he cuts down mjf's whole existence he just shit on everything he is right like just in rapid fire and then goes into a dusty roads hard time-esque you know what i mean like oh you know like Sam wrestling on youtube like i done it motherfucker like now i'm here and i'm ready to kick your ass loved all of this i i was I mean, like, I had to watch it several times because I was
0: just like, that guy fucking Mm -hmm. murdered this man. It was great. So I have a lot of thoughts on this promo. One, again, I think it's an AEW all-timer. And to me, the best promo of Ricky Stark's young career. Because, again, I don't know any independent promos he's done, right? Also, this was another thing that we've talked about in the past. This is Ricky Stark's. When he can look at MJF and say, Crappy shoes, you're ne- your your pants are never pressed, your shirt's too tight, you have an ugly haircut, the scarf is a piece of shit. Like, that's Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks was never Team Taz in the Red Hook section. We, we talked about that in the past where it felt like uh, Scorpio Sky would have been better in Team Taz and Ricky Starks and Ethan Page as the men of the year would have been a better fit for Ricky Starks. I think this pr- promo proved that point. Again, that's in the past, nothing to pat ourselves on the back on, but that version of Ricky Starks really shine through of, hey, you you think you dress well? You fucking don't. And here's how I can tell. Cheap shoes, too small of a shirt, bad pants, you know, all that stuff. And it was like, God damn. And then even says, like, you think you can compare to moi? And it was just like, fuck yeah.
1: The, the, the line that I think gets glanced over, too, was the one he came out the gate with was every week you come out here smelling like paint thinner and ass. And as much as we love MJF, you look at him and you go, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's a great. That makes sense.
0: I bet he does smell like paint thinner and ass. <laughs> it's so fun. Well, the line that that was a great line. The line <laughs> that for me that I thought may have cut a little bit too close to the heart was how he says he gets a spray tan on his eczema. Like Mm. Mm goddamn, because that's the one thing I will say this side note, before we get back into it, my wife reads a book while dynamite is on, but she'll glance up every so often. And MJF will say some type of one-liner that will make her stop reading and be like, what the hell is this? Right. And every time she's ever seen him, her first comment is man, his hands are way too spray tanned because his hands are orange every fucking week Mm -hmm. face looks like like this and hands looks like a fucking hot dog and it's just it's an eyesore once you see it you can't unsee it so i thought that was actually pretty cut to the oh yeah now yeah i know the other the other thing i'll say is this kind of made you see ricky starks in a different light right we were like whoa and here's the thing i agree with you I think the writing is on the wall from the foreshadowing of Brian Danielson. Ricky Starks, again, if you're a betting man, is not going to win this match. Here's where you can't drop the ball. You can't have him do that amazing promo. I imagine the match is going to be good because one MJF rarely has bad matches. Ricky Starks is obviously a good wrestler. Same, yeah. So what right. you, so what you can't do is MJF low blows them gets the one two three and then we don't see ricky starks for four weeks
1: right He's that's what cannot happen. ethan page <laughs> right well In i mean that can hour. be yeah.
0: something yeah that can be yeah, something but well, make it sure it's it's the following week is what i'm getting at yeah. you can't just do these throwaway things here's the other thing i thought and tell me what you think about this and this is maybe going too high level of an overview of a w but we've always been told of these pillars, right? I can't remember who was the first one to say it, but then pillars became the conversation of AEW's, you know, youth movement, uh, moving towards 2023 and beyond. Right. And it was Darby Allen, MJF, uh, Sammy Guevara. And who was the fourth one? Uh, Britt Baker. Oh, and jungle boy. Yeah. Jungle yeah. boy. In my opinion, even though I forgot him, jungle boy, I would say is your heartthrob. Darby Allen is your must-see TV, which we'll talk about in just a moment. MJF is your foundation. But after this promo and some of his matches, Ricky Starks, I haven't seen Sammy Guevara stand on his own, be as believable as that. Now, they were also in his hometown, yeah, but but like...
1: no, but Ricky Starks has – so, you know, he called him Dollar Store Dwayne and said, you're ripping off the rock because he does have some of those mannerisms, I think. But it's also because he just – he's one of those guys that when you walk in the room, he has charisma, and he's understood that. And so you kind of get a swagger about you when you're a stud. Mm-hmm. You know, Tom. I mean, you know. And <laughs> you know. No, I mean, sure. Come on. We know. Uh, so, yeah, no. I If you – Look, some people think Sammy Guevara is attractive. I'm not going to discredit the man. I think he's got a top five punchable face in pro wrestling history. But uh, if you walk in Ricky Starks, it's not like he's, you know, either one of these guys are clearly above the other. And I bet Ricky Starks probably going to get some more attention from ladies, some of the fellas. Like, it's he's uh, he's he's a guy that if you walked in the room, you'd be like, who is that guy? And so, yeah, I think he's probably more apt to get you more, uh, or I would him as a pillar right i think i would push him a little more than the sammy guevara if that makes sense
0: i think he just has a little bit more seasoned uh reps with his with his presence correct now yes. I, I think again the thing that was holding him back and it was no one's real fault but the team taz thing was just a miscast character that just yes. did not fit into what powerhouse Hobbs, Hook, and Taz are. He, he just never fit, in my eyes, just never fit in there. So we kind of always looked at, at least for me, I'll speak for myself. I always thought of him as just, nah, but now that he can be flashy shirts, talks about how bad your style is, can do a big spear, which took MJF out of his shoes for Christ's sake, which a good was a good touch that I think can be positioned as, okay, all those spots that we had set for Sammy when he got away from inner circle and it kind of fell flat. Let's put Ricky Starks in those, right? And let him go with that. That's again, high level overview, but let's get back to the promo. So Ricky Starks, then, then transitions out of just the visual insults of who MJF is, talks about how he can't handle responsibility He talks about how he would show up to autograph signings which mjf would not he talked about how he doesn't run away to greece for three months because he didn't get his way which MJF mm-hmm. apparently did alluding to i again we don't know but alluding to that's what he did and the thing that i thought was the coolest part of this whole thing is the hall of fame-esque promos that we have got from mjf literally since day one, when he made fun of Bret Hart and said, Oh, there's a fan coming. And it made Bret Hart snicker. And then when he called the uh, hangman, Adam page, a uh, sea biscuit, I mean, since that de- time we have millions of other great one-liners, but for him to not respond and then low blow them again, I like battle rap to me. That Beach says down. Ricky Starks one, right. that says Ricky Starks one, which, you can count on one finger how many people have done that, right? And so that I thought was the coolest part of the whole thing.
1: And that's what I mean. I think he took this moment because, yes, he won this battle, right? Could Ricky Starks win the next seven out of eight battles with MJF? Maybe not, right? But he got his one, and now we're going into a match with a whole lot more interest than we were before. And... The whole Ricky Starks persona has, like I said, elevated to another level for me now. Now I've got some backstory of, of driving motivator for this guy, right? Like like uh, he's showed some badass stripes, right? Like he showed he's not afraid and that he's like, no, no, I am this moment. I am the fucking star, right? Like get out of my way. And so uh, it, I I couldn't have liked this more. I do worry, like you said, what happens after this? Because I, I don't think there's a chance to tell. Now, again, another good story is Brian Danielson shows up and costs MJF the title and Ricky Starks got it. But I just don't think we're there yet either with Ricky Starks has the AEW world title. So,
0: no, yeah. but my biggest concern is you have to have him follow up the following week, you can't have him go out yeah. and We catch him in January's, you know, New Year's Eve show. You Mm got to keep the ball rolling with
1: this. But we do need the Table Nation to tell us what you thought. So hit us up in the chats, the Twitters, the Table Show, tell us what you thought of the Ricky Starks promo and what happens next uh, when he undoubtedly loses this. You know, we'll make picks, of course, when the time comes, but he's losing.
0: Yeah. So after that, we then get a really quick promo package I thought with Darby Allen and Samoa Joe Where Darby Allen's like you're gonna have to kill me and Samoa Joe's like gladly and so uh we go to a break we come back John Moxley is on our television and he's backstage and he tells us this Sunday or Saturday uh it's gonna be the end of JAS versus Blackpool Combat Club which thank god but then he also says hey hangman uh you want to fight me you know where I'm at like I, I don't hide in the shadows I'm right here so if you want to get on your horse and see what's up, let's find out. And one thing that I did like, he's like, I kind of like it. I kind of like him. I like this is like, he got knocked down and he wanted to knock down the guy that hit him in the face. And that was me. So I get it. So let's go. Yeah, so I thought I, that was great. I respect him more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's, that's a cool thing. So he cuts that. I think the important part from this promo, and I think you'll agree is the, uh, hopefully, the, the writing is on the wall that Saturday is the end for now of JAS versus Blackpool combat club.
1: You could hope we can only help, but we need the yeah. break. I don't hate the idea that you brought forth that these guys are bitter rivals to the end, but they, they don't have to only fight each other.
0: Right. They can go this way. And then two years from now or whatever, then come back. Right? Yes. I, I think that's, if anything, what we could do now, let's get into the craziest, match of the night maybe of the year i don't know this was bonkers it was darby (laughs) allen challenging samoa joe for the AEW tnt championship and christ so many
1: spots that i got it mixed up with the damn uh battle royal you know what i mean like it it was just all over the place and we've said this i mean darby allen is not afraid of anything but to the level where you're kind of like yeah man but you should be you should have a little yeah. more paranoia.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell. This is how I honestly felt after this whole segment, and we'll kind of break down what happened. But I legitimately felt like I just want to give him a hug. I just want to give him a hug and some ice cream and be like, "Bro, it's cool, man." Yeah. Like, yeah, it's gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Like, I, 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 man, I don't know what happened that where you feel the need to like do all this for attention and, don't and love, even, but man. Yeah.
0: And I don't even need to know. I don't need to you're know, but, but, you, be okay.
1: but I'm telling you, we can beat it, bro. Like you know, you know yeah. what I mean. We're yeah. here for you. You can just beat you. <laughs> so,
0: so some of the crazy spots here is we get the uh, Darby Allen suicide jump through the ropes, and Samoa Joe does his patent step off like this fucking idiot. We got that. I thought that was great. We get another moment where Samoa Joe throws Darby's head into the, the ring post, which damn near, I really thought, knocked him out from the way he kind of fell to the ground, like kind of flew in the air and then fell uh, lifeless on the ground. And then Samoa Joe uh, kind of takes some offense from Darby Allen. Darby Allen then goes for his coffin drop. That goes right into a rear naked choke. Samoa Joe wins the match. But I think we would both agree The moment of the night, or the moment of this match, and maybe moment of the night, was post match. Darby Allen gets up and is like, "I told you, you'd have to kill me, you son of a bitch." Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. Samoa's Joe is like, "All right, then I will." He headbutts him, turns the damn skateboard the other way around, wheels up, and then does the Muscle Buster to where the the uh, the rolling of the of the wheel hits his lumbar his lumbar was fucked after this man if
1: anybody's ever you know touched a skateboard you know that is like hard steel the base for those like where those wheels are whatever they call that that is
0: yeah i don't know what it is but yeah
1: ridiculous ridiculous and i just man i don't see the benefit of it right like i don't see why like if you're Darby this? Allen, like I mean, yes, but you can accomplish a spot like that without actually potentially leaving yourself with a paralyzed, you know, because you broke your spine. Like it just.
0: Again, I think at least jackasses stunt coordinators,
1: man. <laughs> like
0: yeah, but like again, I think he just needs a hug. Yeah, so a hug. Samoa Joe. Does the muscle buster? He was flexing at one point from all of this. Yes. Well, that's when he when he knocked him out. When he knocked him out, and then they're starting to do the count. He's like, "Check this out, right here. Look at all this. Look at all this fat. Love it." Um, But then after he does the muscle buster again, he had already won the match. Does the muscle buster? Then he puts him again in a choke, and here comes Wardlow. Samoa Joe then cowers out. Now I get that because this was an AEW title match, AEW TNT title match. Samoa Joe is your AEW TNT champion. I will say this, we left that segment with, man, Samoa Joe and Wardlow, looking forward to that. That'll be a fun one-on-one contest. And then you think to yourself, oh yeah, Saturday is Samoa Joe versus Juice Robinson. This is where it's gonna get difficult for Samoa, it. Now, again, I saw this on my timeline. As you mentioned, Tony Khan did a media call and he said, "Hey, well, I'll talk about the the TV deal after the pay per view. Let's whatever we got to do. I hope Ring of Honor gets a TV show because you're yeah. going to run into this problem every single time." Yeah.
1: He gave every indication that that he said we'll talk about it afterwards because they're going to debut during that thing that they've got a TV deal, right? Like he's playing coy about. I it. Hope but, so. That, that's the idea i think and he said that they're going to reduce the roh exposure on aw so it's not to muddy the waters well bro you already okay. did that but thanks for for correcting the problem right because we've bitched about yeah. that for quite a bit
0: and let's let's give them a little bit of credit here and maybe i'm a tony con apologist call me whatever you want i don't care i probably don't like you anyhow but bitch sure then been, <laughs> been called worse um but for one thing that I will say that Tony Khan should get more credit about is he hears criticism and he course corrects. It may not be the smoothest thing in the world, but he will say, OK, like you're you're tired of the Ring of Honor, people. I'm getting a TV deal. Right. And so. We have been trained from the other company, sometimes he that when we don't like them. <laughs> but, well, and, I mean, you yeah. know, but you got to figure it out. Right. Nobody's perfect. Well, we have been trained. Yeah, and but we have been trained by the other company that fuck you, you're gonna like it. We're just gonna do it to spite you. Fuck you, take it, oh, take it.
1: You know, Vince man famously had phrases saying like the people don't know what they want, right? Like, it just, right. But here, yeah, like, yeah, he might he'll say like, oh, you don't like the ROH? It's gone. Good news, I just bought Impact. You're like, no, God, didn't please, hey, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> yeah, slow down, right? Yeah, a little over eager sometimes, wanted. but he does hear it because he is. Ultimately, at heart, he is a pro wrestling fan who realized "Hey, I could make a pro wrestling company because I'm rich." Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, if you made one of us rich, we might be a little bit all over the place too, being like, "Let's do this because I wanna." And then you go, "Yeah, yeah." No. yeah. I mean, not us, us. Yeah, I'm I, with- I, the the yeah. the royal the table nation. Us, us, us. I understand them. Us. So yeah, not us, us.
0: We. Okay. We leave that segment again with Joe walking away and Wardlow flexing on him. I'll say this also. Samoa Joe's been champ for what? Two weeks? Three weeks? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Wardlow was champ for a couple months. Joe's already done more yeah. with being, calling himself the king of television yeah. and doing all of these things. Then Wardlow, and again, it's easier to be healed, right? You can do more things yeah. and be well, a little Samoa bit Joe's more fun. Samoa Joe's well
1: more experienced and, and been there, yes. done that. You know, we're we're but, watching Wardlow grow live,
0: but he's doing it. Slow. And here's the other, <laughs> and here's the other thing though that I will say: Wardlow is very strong. Wardlow mm-hmm. is physically impressive, but Wardlow is not the biggest guy in the world, and when Samoa Joe dwarfs him. It's hard to tell. It's hard for you to tell me, the monster Wardlow, when it was like the guy that weighs thirty pounds less than Joe. Yeah,
1: that's the thing. Is yes, he looks like a formidable bouncer, right? Like if you if you bring him around here, but when you go to the land of the giants, you know he is very in shape, right? He's got big pecs. Where big pecs are supposed to be for his body size, but next to you know a Brian Cage, suddenly you're like, oh, oh. He doesn't look yeah, as big, I mean, right? Like he looked way bigger next to MJF than he does to Samoa Joe, right? Which of course everybody does, but you get what I'm saying here is that, yeah, he's sold as, as Brock but when Lesnar. The he stands next
0: to Billy Gunn. Yeah. But then when he right. stands next to Billy Gunn, it's like, or can Billy Gunn fight for me? I'd rather that guy. He's 56, but I'm still picking him. Like, right. And imagine if, and again, and I'm not trying to to bury the guy here, but imagine Wardlow standing next to Randy Orton, mm-hmm. and Randy yeah. Orton isn't the monster killer. You know what I'm saying? No. So maybe repackage Wardlow a little bit than just rawr. and But I've been wrong in the past. One of my favorite pro wrestlers was a and he was yeah. five foot two. It was Taz.
1: Yeah, but sometimes it's maybe you start with this cause we can handle this and then we'll,
0: we'll get mm. some
1: subtlety added in later after he can walk and chew gum at the same time. Not that he's a dumb guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, I give right, it. Yeah.
0: In the pro wrestling world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So then backstage, uh, orange Cassidy is being interviewed. Uh, and he goes right up to Kip Sabian. And he's like, Hey, uh, you attacked me. You want this belt? And Kip Sabian's like, you know, I just got attacked. I am not healthy enough, yeah. but I will find a mystery opponent. And the best thing was here, Orange Cassidy goes like, so is that a yes? So who am yeah. I facing? And Tony Schiavone is like filling him in. He's like, oh, oh, <laughs> I thought that was fun. Who yes. do you think this mystery person will be?
1: I don't know. That one's interesting, right? Who's the mystery person? And and why is poor Kip Sabian can't get traction now? He's got to just be there to debut somebody else. Um,
0: oh, is it Miro? It needs to be Miro. Ooh. Look, here's why it makes uh, sense. One, Miro is fucking awesome. Two, Miro can do amazing things with the championship. Just look at the TNT championship. Yep. Three, guess who he debuted with? Kip Sabian. So they Amen. have a relationship. They could have rekindled their uh-huh. friendship. It needs to be Miro. Well, and four, right there. Uh, we fucking miss Miro. And Miro's the best. Yeah, yeah, right here. Look at him. <laughs> now, yeah. it already happened. Show, it again. We know that, Show me Miro uh,
1: again. Here's it. Look at that. Right there. Miro. Yeah. Yes. Maybe you can bring a fucking tank.
0: Oh, that would be cool. Now, <laughs> Rampage already happened, so mm-hmm. we're guessing on something that's already well, in the past, but we'll see it on Friday. So,
1: so the, the Tony Schiavone thing that you brought up, right, where he's like, He's like, so who am I fighting? he's like, no, it it is, you know, it's official. You'll be facing a a person of his choosing. It's, this is the, like, again, we all know this is a a scripted television show, but that thing was set up of like, hey, we're going to fight. And he's like, well, I can't fight. And he's like, well, then pick somebody else. And he's like, huh, Tony Schiavone doesn't know in that moment that it's official that on Rampage they're gonna they've done this a couple times where like they're like somebody will just say something immediate and they'll be like they've got a graphic up and i'm like i know how long it takes to make a fucking graphic like i do it every week you didn't do this in 10 seconds right like somebody had some insider knowledge it's a dirty pool that's the kind of thing where it's like yes we all know this is a scripted show we're talking about but if i was watching a scripted show and there were plot lines like this i'd be like this show sucks (laughs) <laughs> you're turning it so that's the kind of stuff i would shore up like you come back later right the next match that's where excalibur goes i've just been told tony khan has made it official etc but that's small potatoes and, and we love tony Shavani, so i'm gonna forgive him for that of course he's the best
0: and obviously checking out their just production skills by yeah. just Showing yeah, a television show, yeah. I know if we're that fixing production stuff. That much better. Right, yeah. yeah.
1: We've got to, yeah. We got to go yeah. somewhere. We got to start somewhere before we get to that, right? Baby steps. Yeah. Baby steps. Yeah.
0: So again, we're gonna get a mystery opponent for Orange Cassidy on this uh Friday night's uh AEW Rampage. It is then gonna be Miro. And he's commercial. gonna get
1: murdered, isn't he?
0: I don't know who it is. I really don't. I couldn't. I mean, I hope it's Miro. I don't. And if I'm it's Miro, he's breath,
1: getting murdered.
0: What, Miro's getting murdered?
1: No Miro's gonna murder Orange Castle. Oh yeah, Miro yeah. he's murdering yeah, yeah, yeah. him. He's gonna hundred yeah, percent he's gonna look like Darby Allen at the end of this.
0: I mean easily. So we come back from commercial and just like Hogan must pose, Jericho must be seen. We get a hype reel from Chris Jericho talking about his match with Claudio. I, mean, I don't go away, bro stop man
1: yeah i You're
0: just like don't ex-girlfriend we don't want to hear from you like chill
1: yeah yeah i just we've overdone the jericho thing and we've talked about this too like man i just for whatever it is cesaro the things he's saying are fine they make sense but i just don't buy in i just don't like I just don't, like, go like, yeah, kick his ass, Cesaro, <laughs> right? Like, for whatever reason, it's kind of that thing when you when you talked about, like, I'm never going to feel sympathy for Roman Reigns, the baby face, because, like, that guy can steal my girlfriend, right? Like, I want to see bad things happen to that guy because no bad things happen to that guy. And when I see Cesaro, it looks like he was carved out of granite by Michelangelo, speaking seven languages, swinging the great Kali. I'm like, eh. You know what? I don't I don't identify with your problems, bruh. You know what I mean? Like I don't really Yeah. Yeah.
0: I like that. That's a great yeah. that's a great analogy. So we get Claudio next. We go into the <laughs> ring, we get Claudio and Willer taking on Daniel Garcia and Jake Hager. Again, I think we're all exhausted from seeing these two factions bump into each other. Yeah. The, the only thing interesting from is here. the hat. Well the, the only and thing that's interesting losing in the segment was is after the match though blackpool combat club wins because who cares but post-match Tony Schiavone gets in the ring and he's like hey talk to William Regal a couple weeks ago and in case of his demise he wanted to show you this
1: I didn't hate it because it is a good way to shore that up right like it is a way to say hey I I took a sacrifice right like I, I got that they don't necessarily need me, but I'm going to show them, you know, one last thing of adversity. I'm going to help MJF scream over, and I know he's going to – like, I know he's the devil, right? Which, if you watch back when he gets hit, he knows it's coming. You know what I mean? Now, at the time, I thought, oops, he missed. You know what I mean? Like, he MJF maybe took too long to hit him or something, and he braced too early. But maybe that was part of it, right? Like, maybe he was standing there the whole time like, this is it. This is where the, you know what I mean? The shot to the back of the head comes. So you find fine. It's just the part missing there. Again, the plot line is Tony Schiavone wouldn't have been as shocked and as like, Ooh, if he had already had this interview with Regal. Like, he would have been like, fucking Regal knew it was coming, right? Like, he would have already shared this information with the people that needed to know, right? Like, I get it's wrestling. I get we got to do it on camera in canonical order or whatever the <coughs> fuck you want to call it, right? But it just. Mm-hmm those are those little things where i'm like ah we need to we need to fine-tune that and it's because that's the stuff where i think you'd mentioned this before if i'm trying to show somebody who's never watched wrestling before and i'm like no you should watch this this is fun those are the things that are going to be like well wait a minute what why did he then do the thing that doesn't make sense and you got to go well it's wrestling so you know and just i I wish we Mm -hmm. would fine-tune those and i you know if if this is part of like regals actually leaving again you know the stuff we're not supposed to talk about then i mean it's a good way to short up and explain an, an absence and i guess we'll move on i i kind of wish more we had kind of what we had suggested where they're like let's go get revenge for regal and moxie's like Pff, you motherfuckers do you then because fuck him <laughs> right and they're like what are you talking about right and he's like what do you mean what am i fucking talking about fuck him right <laughs> and then then a little infighting there, maybe. I thought that would have been maybe a more interesting story to tell. than now they just move on with the wise words of their dead relative. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Well, and that's what it felt like. So after he mm-hmm. gives this convoluted, "I turned on you and cost you your favorite thing to teach as a you favor a lesson, to you." And I, <laughs> yeah, yeah sh- <laughs> like, again, it sounded. I think. I think this is what happened. I think that sounds cool in the room when you're not getting any outside opinion on what you're fucking saying. Right. Yeah. There's been plenty of ideas that we've came up with. I've came up with where in the moment it sounds fucking great. And then I watch it back. I'm like, that's fucking dumb. That's one of them. Right. In the moment, it probably sounded like, Oh, how, how profound and how uh, thoughtful and insightful. This has never been done before. Do. Yeah. And then right. you're like, well, it's, here's the fucking reason it's ever been done for it. It doesn't make goddamn sense. So Moxley essentially kind of says that. Cause he's like, Okay, hey, Saturday they're going to win this. Uh, Friday night I got an open challenge. Blackpool Combat Club. Okay, and that's it. Then, Tim, I think this was maybe the most disappointing segment, and it wasn't even that long for me. We get a vignette from the House of Black. And they essentially do this nursery rhyme of. Uh, if you don't like what we've been doing, come and tell us. We're the House of Black. Blah, 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 blah. Bro, we didn't care for it that the first time around. Yeah. At least do it in a different light. Do it in a red light or something. Like, it's the well, same fucking
1: thing. Well, and this thing of, like, is corrupt and we're going to be the ones to do it. It's like, okay. This, all I was reminded of was, remember when Bray Wyatt was leaving NXT and he was like, we're going to take down the machine. And everybody's like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And then he shows up speaking nursery rhymes and doesn't take anything fucking down. And we've not been led to believe as we watch AEW that there's any corruption at the levels of power on the storylines. Kayfabe, right? We're watching this thing. Mm -hmm. There's not, we're not seeing you know, Eric Bischoff joining the NWO here, right? Like, so I don't, now th- they could be saying it's a, you know, you don't see it, but I, I, all we know of the power where there could be corruption, AW is Tony Khan. And I really don't want to see the house of black takes on Tony Khan. So I don't know where the fuck we go with that. Or if we'll go anywhere, if it was just another one of their, nonsensical ramblings. That's the worry I have about these spooky fucking characters, right? Everybody like, Oh my God, I like it because I don't know. They like the fucking cosplay up and witches hats and shit and fucking put, you know, eyeliner on or something. But like, and so they identify with these fucking characters who, you know what I mean? are studs and look cool while they do it. But like the storylines never make any goddamn sense, right? Like it's too fantastical for something that we can't actually pull off when we get in a ring and we're fucking having a, "Quote unquote sporting event," you know what I mean? If if like so, it just doesn't make sense, right? Like, I, I get people well, that want to did- be dark and use it as head games, but this doesn't make any sense. Like, why are you guys disappearing in the shadows talking about corruption where there is none that we've been shown?
0: Well, that's not even uh, like I don't care about that. That's Who cares? But here's the thing that they fucking sucked at. On Rampage, they uh, had Brody King. And Buddy Murphy had Ortiz up for their finisher and Malachi Black says, put him down. And so they put him down and then they go attack other people. Now, apparently they kicked him, which probably if they could have done again, they wouldn't have done. It was probably just uh, I kicked something that was close to me. Oh, shit, it was Ortiz. Probably shouldn't have done that. Take two kind of thing, but we're doing this live, pal, right? But this is the opportunity here where you could do the vignette of saying Ortiz, you want to know why you were spared? We will tell you. Like it could have still been spooky and nonsensical, but with a, a mission, if you just say we're back, well fucking. Hell, I don't it's like when CM Punk came back at the very start, before he actually said Darby Allen, he was just saying, hey, anybody, anybody everywhere. I side here's a quick side quest. Um, it's like in the UFC. I the, the number one thing I fucking hate in the number in the UFC, besides Dana White, the number one thing I hate is a fighter wins a fight. And just like clockwork, that interviewer will say, what do you want to have next? What, what, what do you want next? Right. And they just go, anyone that wants it, bro, this is your fucking opportunity to tell me what you want. This was their opportunity to make their mission statement. And their mission statement was, huh? And like, that's where it was so disappointing. You had the chance to... We're, we're doing a take two with you fucking guys. We, we had you go away. You're coming back. What is it this time? Nothing like that. It's, it's going to be nothing. It's going to be nothing.
1: Yeah. That's what it's going to be. And that's why like, I just can't get behind it. Sure. The talent's all fine. Right. They all why good. did they,
0: why did they spare Ortiz? I want to know that. I want to know why they did it. Yeah. And again, so we'll find again.
1: Right. Right. On paper this sounds like a cool storyline if you're like we're gonna we're gonna haze ortiz into the house of black and he's gonna become a member of the house of black because ortiz has needs something to do but like you just came back it's not time for new member yet
0: like well god jesus but here's the interesting thing (laughs) but here's the interesting thing about fucking around with ortiz who's his best friend eddie kingston eddie kingston eddie kingston in a cult in a feud fuck yeah (laughs) <laughs> i oh, yeah. want to see that uh,
1: i don't hate that idea
0: eddie kingston and anybody you know? but yeah but eddie kingston taking on a cult where he's like well i have issues give me too, my so fucking friend back yeah it's like a <laughs> all right well maybe they're cool no i can't no they're not fucking cool yeah. but i have issues like they're describing Nah, fuck you i'm gonna fight you like that could be very interesting we'll but see i love again, it I, if the whole time he's like see. just give me
1: back my fucking friend and then or like he's like ortiz snap out of it and ortiz says some weird nonsensical thing and he would be like "Would you shut the what the fuck are you saying weirdo he's like stop with your dungeons yeah. and dragon shit we're gonna go get a hot dog and we're gonna get some fucking <laughs> take some shots and he's fucking as you know turns around he's got black eyeliner on he's like oh god damn it <laughs> like this is going too far.
0: <laughs> yeah. That would be so fun. That, but I just, again, they had the opportunity. They shit the bed. But we go, we move on. That's enough of them. So we come back from commercial, and oh boy, Tim, we get the women's half hour. <laughs> because Tony Schiavone is doing a sit down interview with our AEW women's champion, Jamie Hader, and she says absolutely fucking nothing. Fucking
1: nothing. Yeah, why haven't I gotten a sit-down? Because this is what you give us when you fucking <laughs> do a sit-down. You don't say anything. That's
0: the that's the thing. In the interview that we aired on television to <laughs> highlight our champion, Tony Schiavone says, All right, well, what do you want to talk about? That was the revealing in-depth content we got from our AEW women's champion, Tony Schiavone saying, oh. All right, well, so what do you want to talk about, huh? Well, so and then she just challenges was, whatever. Oh,
1: it even went like this. She said, Why well, I, I want to. Like, why does everybody get a sit down?" He's like, "All right, you got to sit down. What do you want to talk about?" And she's like, "Yeah, ask me some questions." <laughs> like, well, wait a minute, god damn it! <laughs> you didn't come prepared for this. You fucking god. yeah. Look, I look, I was all for the the hater train, right? Like, I, I, you know, what I mean, I even said I don't think we're quite there yet. Jamie Hayter takes the world title because of things like this, right? Like, yeah, she's got the charisma. She's got, the she's behind low. Her, but she's bored. Though. Yeah. yeah. She's bored. Yeah. Yep.
0: I hope she can turn it around, but that was not a great start. <laughs> no, that sure was wasn't. not a great yeah. start. What do you want to talk I about? Ask like me some fucking questions. <laughs> what? But, yeah. What's your
1: favorite color? You do <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. What do you think about Brittany Greiner? Alright, <laughs> <laughs> like, the uh, yeah. <laughs> right, so then we get in the ring, we get Jade Cargill and the baddies, and they do some fun little dance at the start where they turn their back to us and they do a little hip action, and blah, blah, that was fun. They look like a real group. And they take on Sky Blue, uh, <sighs> the kicked out Kira Hogan, and Footface. And this was supposed to be again. Here's another thing. Where what the fuck are we doing here? We're told that Kira Hogan gets kicked out. Well, she's found two friends who already have uh, some problems with J- Jade Cargill and the baddies. So they're they are aligned with her. All right, we feel bad for you now. Let's go kick those girls' butt. All right. So this is a revenge for Kira Hogan. Uh, Kira Hogan's gonna kick Jade Cargill's ass. She gets tagged in. She does a couple moves. She immediately tags Madison Rain so that then Madison Rain can take the finisher
1: and does and a shit match. To, yeah, right. It just
0: <sighs> Here's again where I will say. Now, I like Red Velvet. Layla Grey is easy on the eyes. Footface is forgettable. Sky Blue has potential. I think she's lovable, right? She has that potential to be like a Bailey type. And Kiera Hogan is just not good. But Jade Cargill just stands above, literally and figuratively, above all of these girls. Even when she was like directing traffic for her team, she still seemed like the biggest star, even though she was supposed to be. But like, it seemed like this was beneath her. So then she just wins. And I was like, "What what the fuck did we do this for? Like, what do we do that for? No one knows. Now I will say, the part that may be interesting, who the fuck knows is red velvet. I said this on our Twitter at table show. Look like red velvet may not want to be a baddie that much longer. Cause there was some side eye going towards Jade Cargill, which then at the very end of the segment, they don't let him breathe that often, but Jade Cargill looks back at red velvet. Potentially that's a matchup. I guess what happened to bow? Wow. Like I fucking don't want him, but like at least, Close the loop on that yeah. shit. What the fuck are we doing? Well, yeah, last week we had,
1: I yeah, yeah. Look, I, I'm not. I want to make it clear. I'm not asking where's Bow Wow because I'm like, please get Bow Wow back on my TV. Right? <laughs> but if 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 you're gonna tell me we're never seeing Bow Wow again, because this is another thing where Tony Khan said, oh, I hear you. Pivot. Great. Cool. Okay, I'll but, accept it. But like, it if up. we see him again next week, like. I don't even need you to close it up. If oh. we, if you can just promise me we're never seeing him again,
0: <laughs> but, well, but I need to But say, I won't I, know I if you don't something. close it up.
1: Yeah. I, we won't know right, if you I, don't close it up is the issue. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Then we go backstage after that victory from Jade Cargill and the baddies and it's Saraya.
1: Hey, How long have we been in stall mode with Jade Cargill? I, more than half of her reign now has been like, is this done yet? Like, isn't she ready to move on to the, to the top? Mm-hmm. Like we got hater can't right, cut an felt- interview. And yeah,
0: and neither I won't say that. Soraya does her job here. Soraya talks uh, mm. about, hey, guess what? Britt Baker is gonna right. interrupt they just, me. Just like yeah. this whole
1: half hour block was just like all the women stuff. Just it used to be the women before the main event. And now it's like the 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 third half hour <laughs> is all yeah, the
0: women's half hour. Yeah, it's just <laughs> that because then, as I mentioned, Tony Giovanni's interviewing Soraya. Soraya says, hey, guess what? Brit Baker is going to interrupt me and Brit baker's like you're right bitch I am <laughs> which I thought I like was that, fun.
1: Yeah. That was great
0: <laughs> Yeah, fuck you. you're and... smart. <laughs> yeah, She's like yeah, good job <laughs> on that one. So then Shivani, I can't remember how it goes down, but essentially Soraya says to Britt Baker, I'm not taking you on in a singles match, but I will take you on in a tag match you and Jamie Hater versus me oh, it was and the other mystery way. partner. So she
1: said like she said, "Hey, uh like like see you do it again or whatever she's like okay we can do number two like fucking let's go run it back and she's like that's not what i said it's not what i said
0: oh uh, tag okay. team
1: match against me and, and the fucking champ right and whoever she's you. like but good luck you don't fucking find any friends so who's that right who's that mystery partner now like we Kip saving is gonna bring somebody but this is this is no <laughs> oh, god i hope
0: not no charlotte flair you know who i'm guessing No, Jesus Christ. You know who I'm guessing? Yeah, Chris Statlander.
1: Mm, Yeah, that's right. She's been out for a bit. We haven't seen her.
0: Uh, That's who I'm guessing. That's who I'm putting my money on. Chris Statlander. Good
1: pick. Good pick.
0: She's fucking awesome. I like her a lot. I want her to go back to being an alien, though. I don't like the dark thing. Boop, fucking noses and talk to aliens in the sky. That's fun shit. Anyhow. Let's get to the main event because now we're done with the women. Kick them back to the curb. Here's the main event. <laughs> We've got the we'll champions. Give you three of things with but ladies. But... You
1: said you wanted more ladies. Yeah. You
0: three things with ladies. There it is. Whole half hour. together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we get the champions of everything but AEW, FTR, coming out, taking on the champions of AEW, tag team champions of AEW, the acclaimed the rap was good. I thought the FTR stands for for the remote, or find the remote. Yeah, find FTR the remote. FTR stands for yeah, find the remote. great line.
1: Such a great line. Uh,
0: talks about kicking him to the curb like Herschel Walker. getting another good one. And this match was awesome. I will say, the match oh, of the yeah. night for me, because of the brutality with Samoa Joe, Darby Allen, but just a wrestling match, I this, mean, this one great. is hard to beat.
1: Oh, yeah, this was great. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad we're talking about this because this was the main event of Dynamite. And that will segue us when we get out of here because Tom and I are going to talk a lot about tag team wrestling. But mm-hmm. so stay tuned for that if you're watching live. And if you're in a podcast, stay tuned or fast forward, whatever the fuck you want to do. Uh,
0: yeah. But so we get a lot of ba- Yeah, we get a lot of back and forth. We get some. uh false finishes. We get a real, they hit their uh, FTR hits their finisher. And I really thought it was like, fuck, are they really going to take the titles off? know, Yeah. That one got me. I will say of mm-hmm. all the little false finishes in this match, that one, I was like, are you fucking serious? But then it was broke up kind of two. They continue. I thought it was really cool because, um, uh, who is it? Uh, dash. No, Dax, Dax. Uh, cash cash. Yeah. It's Dax is the cop and Dash is the one the, of them is
1: Axe, the other one is Smash Tom,
0: right? Yeah, right. the one with the hair. I can't remember <laughs> yeah. the fucking names, but I love them, as you'll Cash see here Wheeler. in just a second. Cash, Cash Wheeler. Wheeler, that's it, right? Cash Wheeler goes for his uh, but then there's Wheeler UDF. too many wheelers, anyhow. Mm-hmm. Cash Wheeler goes for his remember how many finisher. cages they had,
1: <laughs> they like I Brian know. Cage and Christian Cage, and <laughs>
0: uh. Yeah. And then yeah, Page. Anyhow, yeah, right we're, there's a lot of names here. Yeah. Let's get back to what we're talking about. So cash goes for his, uh, lariat or he hits him with the lariat. Then he goes for his power bomb, but then max caster rolls through, gets the three count clean as a whistle, a claim beat the FTR. What do you think about that? First off, before we talk about post-match uh, and all that stuff, they beat yeah, them clean. great
1: win great win for the acclaim great title defense to kind of build that credibility um and and get i mean again ftr is uh might they be listed as the best tag team in the world stay tuned to find out um but a uh, great victory i the spot that we're talking about where we thought for a second like oh man they're gonna change the titles my favorite part of that is billy gunn is screaming get the fuck up <laughs> to, to max caster right he's like get the fuck up <laughs> like get up before he gets safe <laughs> just again realism right he's like i can't get in there the ref's seeing me but i can yell at him like get the fuck up <laughs> uh, great yeah. stuff uh loved it Like the victory and then i like you know they're still like hey man scissor
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> like, come on. well what brings the world together better than scissoring, scissoring. and so we get a uh, what is it? One, two, three, four, a five way yes. scissor party. Right.
1: I haven't had one them. of those in years. Guns I,
0: don't, I haven't done that since college. So we get right. a five way scissoring party to end the show, but it's not because mm-hmm. the ass boys are up on the TV. Well, and here's where ass boys. Yeah. Well, but here's where I think we know again, our pro- proclamation is we're not talking about backstage stuff but it, we have been told that the Briscoes are banned from Warner brother television discovery shows, but they're going to face FTR <laughs> kind of fucking hard. What we're doing here. Yeah. So I give them the benefit of the doubt. However, the ass boys, I guess on behalf of the Briscoes say you're taking on the Briscoes and it's a double dog collar. And I just want to say again, if we're in the world, if we're in the world. What the world are you doing? Then ass boys? Yeah. Like,
1: well, why are you simping for the, the, now I get it. It's like, Hey, we hate you. These guys hate you also. So we're going to let them, you know, we're happy yeah. to, to help them beat your ass. So congratulations. I, so that one, I kind of, that one in my mind, I got past, but yeah, I just, yeah. But like, are you guys just going to hang out on the side during this double dog collar
0: match? So I think this is what happens. And yeah. I guess we didn't talk about this off air. We could potentially do it, but Ring of Honor final battle is the Saturday. We could do picks. But eh, I don't know anything we'll yeah. we'll get to it if we if yeah. we have time. Um, however I will say I'm going to guess that the Briscoes beat FTR for the championships because of the Ass Boys. Yeah. Then I think then I think down the road we get a three way where the Briscoes beat the ass boys. But then FTR can go to AEW and then take on the acclaim and say, like, now we really want to kick your ass. Right. Yeah. I think that's what we're going to do. That would be what yeah. I would do. But so,
1: yeah, we'll say about this segment. We you mentioned it. ROH final battles coming up. Uh, I had no intentions of buying this pay-per-view and watching it live. And I say had, oh, yeah. because now when you tell me FTR and Briscoe's in a double dog collar match, I'm like, ah, I might give you $50 to watch that.
0: And if you recall the last two matches that they've had in this calendar mm-hmm,
1: year, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I, I, that's kind of must-see oh, TV. Oh, I
1: give Briscoe's a lot of credit for that. Stay tuned. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you know, We'll discuss that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, those two matches were outstanding, and now you're going to say we've baked in the brutality of chains with a dog collar match. I, that it, That's kind of must-see TV, mm-hmm. I have to say. That feels like it's, that should main event the show. All credit to fucking Jericho and Garcia and Joe and all the people. That needs to main event the show kick the show off with Jericho so we can get past it. But then main event with FTR versus the Briscoes. Cause that I think is where your money's at. Uh, but Tim, that was AEW dynamite. Again, some highlights, Ricky Starks, uh, Samoa Joe, Darby Allen hates himself. Uh, then we got the women's half hour and we got a great tag match. What'd you think of this, uh, episode of dynamite, uh,
1: another solid B plus, uh, AEW dynamite. If you ask me, uh, I like mm-hmm. that. We may be concluding the ROH era of aw dynamites Uh, that sure hope so is a plus for me and we got some great tag team wrestling and
0: tag team wrestling
1: is great tom
0: well let's talk about it so pro wrestling illustrated which we like to uh look at from time to time and i'm a sucker for a good list put out their list of the top 100 tag teams of the last year now i don't know their parameters i don't know if they start and October and they go back to, to October of the previous year. I don't know what their calendar is. Right. But for us, we've decided we're going to just talk about 2022. So January to today. And so instead of a hundred, cause that number is too much and not good enough for, uh, we're doing the, this live pal Attention span. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do five. So I have made my five top tag teams in the world. Tim has made his top tag five tag teams in the world i don't think we determine what we're going to do are we going to do your five then my five or five and five four and four let's three do five and, three, and, and five and just
1: because that way you know there may be the same people may fall different numbers and then we're having to talk about the same folks twice and sum it up so let's just gotcha let's do your list we'll do my list and then we'll talk about the folks on it how about that
0: so i'm going to do my full list and then you're going to do your full list yeah because i think we've we got a
1: lot of bleed over we may have six or seven teams to talk about probably
0: all right, so I got an outside looking in because a good list okay. always has an outside looking in. Now, spoiler alert, unfortunately, my preference was all male tag teams. I saw on there friend of the show, Marty Bell, the hex made it into the top 10. Credit to them. Full transparency. As much as I love seeing Marty Bell at UpDown and I've seen her at Central States Wrestling and all the other local wrestling shows and she lives here in Kansas City. Great person to, to know. I don't watch NWA. I don't know how. I don't know when it's on. Apparently it's on YouTube, but I don't know when that yeah, is. Yeah, my list will so strictly be AW,
1: WWE, and the women's tag team divisions, and both of those things were pretty much non-existent, so I didn't include them.
0: Right. Well, so, so with that being said, my, my list is all males. But my outside looking in does have a couple females in it. So okay. outside looking in, I'm going to give you a three. Outside looking in, first off, Alpha Academy. They lose a lot, but shush. Uh, All the stuff that Otis does, just being the stuff. Uh Love those guys. Also, from NXT, I got Toxic Attraction. And here's why. I don't know shit about fuck about NXT because I don't watch it because I kind of think it's not that great. However, Toxic Attraction, for whatever reason, continues to show up on my social media for moments on NXT or, you know, Uh, The things that they say or the matches that they have had so with that being said and me checking that out through social media I'm interested. So they're in there outside looking in again, not my top five and then the other one We saw this team in person in Chicago. I've also seen them in previous years I love both of them individually put them together they make a good bussy. I've got bussy Alley catch and Effie as my outside looking in. So that's my outside looking in. Every good list has
1: it. I like that. I've got three of those. So now let's get
0: to. All right. So you want to do your outside looking in? Yeah, I'll do the outside looking in. My
1: outside looking
0: in. Alpha
1: Academy just didn't quite make the outside looking in list. They would have been a four. It's
0: the outside, outside looking in?
1: Outside, outside looking in. But I would put RK Bro in the outside looking in. I would put Swerve in Our Glory in the outside looking in. And I would put the briscoes just outside looking in, right. If we're doing brackets, I've got them in the first, right, the first one out. Okay. Close, All close to right, so go. Number five. But the Swerve in Our Glory, I think, is one that we don't have to know talk about because they weren't necessarily did we consider them a tag team, but I think they had a lot of moments, and they're still got some storyline tension to be had there. I think they did a lot uh with what they had in this year run. Swerve in Our Glory, the Briscos are the Briscos. The the matches you mentioned earlier now i also might have put them higher if i watched more independent wrestling um and rk bro i think was one that quietly did a lot not necessarily for tag team wrestling but that tag team helped establish matt riddle again on this kind of upper tier right the the sort of rubbing Mm -hmm. elbows with randy orton helped that character quite a bit so
0: So let's get into my number five my number Mm -hmm. five is rk bro for all those reasons i think the early half of 2022 going into the summer the only fucking reason to watch monday night raw was because of rk mm-hmm. bro legitimately before vince mcmahon left everything was dog shit except for the fun that it looked like randy orton was having standing next to matt yeah. riddle and then matt riddle doing the Hey Randy. Mm-hmm. I thought they were the the silver lining in what was a shit sandwich of WWE for a so, long time. So part fuck of this it, year. we'll do
1: it live. I changed my mind. We're gonna do you did your number five, I'll say my number five, right? Uh coming just above the, the RK Bro. And again, RK Bro necessarily like yes, they were a tag team, but they weren't necessarily doing like the greatest tag team things necessarily as more of it was focused on their friendship. I, I put the Young Bucks at number five. I don't think they had the strongest year that they'll that they'll ever have in tag team wrestling but they were integral in a lot of things in AEW over the year of 2022 and i mean it's the young bucks right high profile matches and it's the young bucks you like them don't lie you know you like look,
0: them look how far we've came look how I know. far we've came
1: yeah, on principle, we, we would have never him. put them on a list.
0: <laughs> Ever. <laughs> on principle. Ever. Yeah. Look at them. Right. Now, here's the only reason why they didn't make anything. Outside looking in or top five, uh, they missed three months. Yeah. And the second half of this year, even before they did the brawl out, as they call it now, the trios thing, I, in my eyes, Took them out of tag team. Yeah, now I let see. me clarify this as well. To me, a tag team is two people. I do not count New Day. I don't count the Freebirds. Well, New, New Day now.
1: I, but New Day now. New day Big was there. But New Day now just kind of started ratcheting up. Like so, we might talk about them in 2023 as we're talking about them now. They seem to be focusing in uh, again on the Kofi Xavier Woods tag team as
0: of late, right? But what I'm getting at is, like, Death Triangle, I do yeah. not consider a tag team. Lucha Bros, I do.
1: That's my number death four, is Lucha Bros. Now, a lot of their stuff was heavy focused on the Death Triangle, but again, I mean, lest we forget, whenever the Lucha Bros oh, get yeah. in on a tag team, it's one of the best things on the card, and they've wrestled anybody and everybody this year. Penta shines so much champs. that we that we said, yeah, tag team champs. Penta shines so much that we said, like, Penta needs to be your world champion. Lucha Bros are, oh, are coming yeah. in hot at my number four.
0: Love that pick. I love the Lucha Bros. But again, for me, just like the Young Bucks did more trios than tag team. And for me, trios aren't tag teams. You can mm-hmm. say whatever you want. Hashtag tweet Send an email at tableshow at gmail.com. Tell me why I'm dumb. But that's how I see it. Tag yeah. teams are two people. But who's your three. four? So my four is who you mentioned earlier the Briscoe brothers. I mm. fucking love their promos. Their God, two matches so with FTR were so fucking great. When we saw them in person at the GCW show in Chicago, uh, and they just walked out, that's what sold them. I was like, the fucking energy, the the presence, and then the brutality. That fucking match was incredible.
1: That whole night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was great. But, but that the match Briscos, yeah, was. yeah, they just have that presence where you're like, oh, car windows are getting broken tonight. We are going. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Somebody's losing teeth. It's going to be wild
0: tonight. They have the Eddie Kingston quality, where I don't know if they're acting here. I think they were just told, yeah. to talk about that person, and everything else is a shoot
1: to well, it. Well, it's very Sandman esque, right? It's like somebody just told them to come out and start swinging this stick, and everybody better watch out.
0: But even in their promos, when they were talking to, about yeah. FTR and they were in the chicken coop, and one of them's walking in the back trying to like get a chicken, and the other one's like, "All we are out yeah. here is doing is grinding." You ever seen what the, gl- know about the gun cleaning boys? promo? like yeah 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 Uh uh-huh they're incredible so for their two matches with ftr Mm -hmm. and then on top of that seeing them live in person they make my four spot all right what do you got for three
1: number three i've got uh, what has taken the world by storm and it is the scissoring train i've got the acclaimed right i think uh, I think we should have pulled the trigger earlier. I think that's where Tony Khan, again, did one of these course corrections, uh, listened to the crowd, and I think just how can they not be on this top five list? They have taken the world by storm. The acclaimed, daddy ass, the whole package, how we got there, uh, just the love that we all now have for Anthony Bowen and, and Max Caster. Love the acclaimed. All their matches are great, too. Like we're not, They're not giving us duds. It's not all flash. Yeah. You know what I mean? Stuff like the raps are good. Mm-hmm. The the friendship is there. The charisma is there. It's a party every time you see them. And I love the acclaimed.
0: Yeah, they're my number three as well. And for all those reasons, the other things that I will kind of uh, give you my two cents on, even when they had no storyline and they're on dark. The mm-hmm. one-liners for Max Caster was must-see television. You found the, we were watching YouTube, the YouTube clip. Videos, you found yeah. it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, you made sure to hear the Max Caster rap whenever they were on. So that was one. Two, I can't think of anything in pro wrestling for me. And maybe I'm prisoner of the moment here. But not since the Too Sweet of the Bullet Club, which was a ripoff of the NWO, have we seen wrestling fans in the wild... Scissoring each other. I have seen that in the wild. Two wrestling fans from afar, not at a wrestling show. They did to us out on the streets outside of the now center. Yeah. They just walked by us and scissor us. So for that reason, what they're doing, they're captivating crowds across the nation, across the world. And for me, when you're, when you're having things done, like i said out in the wild in the workplace or wherever when it's john cena you can't see me or it's the too sweet or it's the suck it it's the scissoring now you have to be in top five
1: fun fact i got uh ordered myself a spanish announce table t-shirt which you can do by going to prowrestlingtees.com spanish announce table and i got it mailed to me 20 bucks great deal and i get Mm -hmm. it out of the the mailbox i got my son in the car and i was like ah oh, and i hand him like all the mail and he sees pro wrestling tees his eyes light up and he goes is this a scissor me daddy ass shirt and i was like ah oh, even better but no <laughs> it's a spanish announce table shirt his eyes may have not had as much flicker in them as 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 this is we well, don't daddy have Ash. a thing but that's the thing right like he again he's not even watching wrestling week to week he just sees kind of the things i show him but the scissor me daddy ass he knows full and well and it's it's just cool it's just fun
0: right scissor me it's the just other you just yeah, fucking the, don't you the, the, the la, yeah the last <laughs> yeah. thing that i will say that i think mm-hmm. is also another thing that i i can't recall and again someone let me know but we at all out the crowd decided that One man's chant is no longer his for hijacking it. And it now belongs to the acclaimed. (laughs) Yes. It was bask in my glory for Keith Lee. And on that night in Chicago at All Out.
1: And to this day. Better
0: than Brawl Out. Yeah. Better than Brawl Out. Better than anything else that happened that night was we decided as a community. Oh, scissor me daddy. We'll now go to the acclaimed that is we need to do incredible
1: people who were here we need to get the legit answer who was the smart motherfucker who put those two together and started that crowd chant because i want to I, uh, I, yeah. I would say i want to shake his hand but i want to scissor that guy
0: yeah. Fucking, oh, there, yeah so for the i want to scissor that have... guy tom i you i, I know yeah <laughs> all right so <laughs> so, so that was year, my number yeah, three so who's the... falling in on yours yeah so that was my number three. Oh, That's that what was, was your saying. three my as well. Three, all right, look at that. Yeah. We agree. Yeah. So for all of they what they did, and again, the power of making yourself get over when creative had nothing for you is another testament of how great they are. With so, something new. My number three and we talked well.
1: about this where it just, it came out of an honest, I mean, he's doing the A, you know, like A-town down and he just like, hey, give me a little scissor action. And it just exploded from there. So fun. Love it. All right, who's your number two? Year of the Scissor. My number two. We had gone back and forth on this, and I think I finally came around to your way of thinking. So, my number two is the WWE Tag Team Champions, the Usos. The Usos have—I mean, look—I mean, you're holding two belts in WWE. You're in this bloodline storyline, the only really interesting storyline going on. And not even always itself was interesting, but like they found a way to both elevate themselves through that storyline. You know, the the tag team champs, they're they're going on potentially setting a record for most longest reigning champs. Usos. I, I if not, you know what I mean? There there was you could talk me into believing they're the best tag team in the world, but I think they're number two.
0: Same for me, number two. Mm-hmm. So I think our top three are the same, which is yeah. interesting because we didn't do this together. But what I will say about the Usos is they go over the acclaimed because they held both the Raw and SmackDown championships. Mm -hmm. They also broke the record for longest reign in WWE history, breaking the New Day record. However, the most interesting thing about the Usos were their relationship to Roman Reigns.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they they would be here without that.
0: Right, they didn't truly have a rival. You could say the Brawling Brutes for a little bit. Again, the New Day had that quick moment yeah. in the time to pass them. But there's a whole didn't lot have a rival
1: there to be had either, right? So it's again, I, I think they they're there by happenstance, less as much as I mean, the Usos are capable of performing like the second best tag team in the no. world. But I think where they were situated, they're light years above what's around them so it became easy to have this we've been champs for 17 years or whatever it is yeah
0: Yeah, they almost feel like the jade cargill of the wwe tag team division yeah that's exactly right they give them something else and they're like well well, there's nothing else here so yeah yeah.
1: they should have to take on three guys each time
0: (laughs) right yeah that's a thing a tag team needs to
1: do some tag team champions be like we're so good that we'll only take challenges from trios (laughs) it's got to be three dudes you got to find a third man because you suck you ain't beating us without them
0: Yeah, I like that idea, actually. All right, so then who's your number one?
1: It's FTR. I mean, look, they are the champions of everything, right? And they get, nobody gets a road warrior pop, right? The famed road warrior pop. But if there's a tag team that gets a road warrior pop of 2022, it's FTR. That -hmm. music hits and everybody's up. I don't think there's people who dislike them. I think they connect to all walks of life. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. I think, and so they're my number one as well. And so to, to further your point, what I would say and why they're my number one is yes, that music hits. We all fucking like it. When that music plays, we dance, you know, we do all this stuff they put on amazing matches. I mentioned the Briscoes. We just talked about their main event against the acclaimed, but here's mm-hmm. the other thing that I think what puts them over the top of the Usos, acclaimed, Briscoes, RK, all of that is they do their shit in AEW and, and Ring of Honor is the same thing as AEW, so I'm not counting that one, right? But they do their shit in AEW, and we're the crowd, and yay, okay, oh, great, great. But then they go to Mexico, and if you recall, they beat the Lucha Bros for those titles, and it was kind of tongue-in-cheek, like, <laughs> we don't do flips and shit. But you go watch it. I I, I educated myself today. I've been watching some of their uh, AAA Tag Team Championship matches. They're fucking good. Mm-hmm. And so they go to Mexico, and I'm like, yeah, I know. We look like cops. You don't have to hide your weed, but we're going to fuck up your favorite tag team. Check us out. And then they go over to Japan in New Japan, where they're notorious for sitting on their hands, being very respectful, clapping when inappropriate. And they fucking get over there, too. So America, Mexico, Japan. So I said you're they connect to the all walks same... of life. Yeah. So Everybody that is why them. they're my number I- one.
1: Yeah, I don't think you're going to find anybody who's like, ah, that's just not my bag, right? Like, you'd like FDR. Like, they have a swagger about them. They, they definitely, like, they, they just, they're not over the top with anything about their personalities. So, I don't want to say they're, like, super unique, but they're just, like, it's very authentic that they are who they are, right? And it just... think about. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Think about Dax's uh, promo leading Mm -hmm. into all out about fight like an eight year old when he talked about his eight year old's uh, heart Mm -hmm. and how she had that hole. And now it's been sealed up, which thankfully that happened. But they, they cut things. They cut promos that are relatable. Now, Cash doesn't do it as much as Dax. Dax is more of the give me the mic. I'll do the shit. Cash will say some things there, too. But Dax believability on the microphone is so authentic, just like I've said with the Briscoes and others. Uh, that they can cut a promo. You need them to say, "Hey, we got a minute and a half. Get a match over with." Um, you know, Sir Pentico and Doctor Luther. They'll fucking do it, and they'll probably make me want to watch the match. Right. So for that reason, even though, as you said quickly, that this is the year of the scissoring, I will say it is that. But the tag team, because of all of where they went and how over they yeah, got, the
1: tag team of I think the it's year. Yeah, it's the year of the scissoring, but the tag team of the year is FTR. 100% believe. So, what did you think? Who is your top five tag teams of 2022? Hit us up on the Twitter, at Table Show. You can email us, tableshow at gmail.com. If you're a boomer, you can do you know, whatever, whatever you want. Um, and unless Long Tom's form. got anything else, I will make sure to say on our way out to just remember our proclamation, right? I want to talk about the contracts I don't want to talk about who's having backdoor meetings. Let's talk about the televised program that we see uh, in front of our faces, just like you see our beautiful faces each week. And with that, we'll see you next week. The Spanish Announce Table.